0: Welcome to Almost Real, an honest talk between two friends where Josh Wilson and Camille C.G. are going to talk about life. So what's on the news,
1: Josh? What's on the news, Josh? Personal news or in the news itself?
0: Whatever's on your mind.
1: Oh, man. Well, I've got an improv show coming up tonight. So I'm sort of in that mindset. I've been doing a lot of improv this week. I had a, a jam last night and a practice on Wednesday. So just yeah just living in a sort of improv world again which is both exciting and fun but also a little bit sad because it reminds me of when I was doing improv in Moscow when we were doing improv together so yeah it's a little bit of sadness a little bit of melancholy but it is exciting as well it'll be fun it'll be a good time a lot of people who've never done improv before Who've never performed before, so very, very new. They'll be there for a show. So that'll be very exciting and it'll be fun to have that energy as well. So that's what's on my mind. Improv's sort of been on my mind lately because I've been doing it a lot uh, and I've been thinking about, you know, uh, performance and what does a good performance look like and how to do a good performance and sort of living in this space. So yeah, that's what's been living on my mind. But that's, uh, that's me this week, Camilla. What about you? What's living in your mind? What's in your brain hole? That's I hate that. I'll cut that out. I'm excited to <laughs> cut that out. What's new with you, Camilla?
0: Well, I had not an easy week. And I think that the main problem is me overthinking everything. And basically, I felt like a complete failure all week. Still do, though. Um, I learn how to drive, and I kinda... I kinda drive, but I still make lots of mistakes, like stupid mistakes, that would lead to, like, a major fault that would not let me get a license. And I hate that about myself, because this is dumb, and I shouldn't be doing this, and I shouldn't be spending so much money on that. But I am, and it's like... I had a lot of, like, discussions in my mind with myself how everything is horrible... But then I'm trying to convince myself that actually it's not that bad. And I think a lot of people have that. At least I have this from time to time. Like this inner voice that tells you that you can't end your failure. But then you kind of have to face this personality of yourself and explain to it that nope, I can still handle this. Just you wait. And it's it's still hard. So I've been having a hard time. But on my mind is driving, actually, most. And job hunting. Driving and job hunting.
1: Yeah, that's something that I've been thinking about, too. Less the driving, more the job hunting, as it were. It's tough. It's tough out there. To speak on driving, though, you're going to be fine. (laughs) Don't overthink it. It's one of those things where the more worried you are about it, the worse you'll be. My little story is something I struggled with a lot when I was learning to drive because I came into it. I remember like when I first got my learner's permit and I was so excited. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to drive. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be such a good driver. I'm going to do all this cool stuff. I'm going to learn how to drive so fast. And then my parents came and they said, thinking like that will get people killed. You'll kill people, which terrified me for a long time. And still kind of does.
0: Yeah, no, I had this issue today. Anytime we start doing mock tests, I kind of panic. I hate tests. And I'm not great with exams. I don't know how I graduated a university with this fear of exams, to be honest. But any time it comes to a test, like, my brain stops working. I start to rush the decision. I just, yeah, I just, I make a lot of mistakes because I'm rushing. Because I think I have to be fast. I have to give the answer fast. I have to make the decision while driving fast. I have to do everything fast or people would get angry with me. Like, today I had a guy... So I was turning right and he was also turning right. And I did not really make any stupid decision or rushing. I like found a gap. It was not like the safest gap, so some people would still wait. But I decided to go because I knew that I had time, I was confident, and I did that. What he did was overtaking me while I was turning, like overtaking me on the side of the road where we were turning. And that was super dangerous behavior. My driving instructor, she beeped at him <laughs> after he did that. And even after that, we saw him parking near my house where I live. And she beeped again. <laughs> she wanted to see his reaction. He pretended like he didn't see us. But people are rushing in in general, actually. I've, I've seen that a lot in myself. Uh, not only drivers. People rush to do things. And I heard once a phrase like... Ask yourself, what's going to happen if you don't do this now? Somebody's going to die? Usually the answer is no. (laughs) Well, if you're not an emergency
1: room doctor or something like that. Yeah, you're not driving an ambulance or something. Yeah,
0: Um, usually the answer is no. And you usually don't need to rush that much. And people forget about that. And they forget to live in the moment. And um, it's always so nice when I remind myself to live in the moment it usually gets better. Like, like the moment I thought to do that and I start trying to do that, it usually gets better. You actually live your life at this point when you try to live in the moment and not to rush
1: things. That kind of ties into, maybe I can segue this into your topic about support and people who support us, uh, which is the topic you wanted to bring up today. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's right.
0: That's absolutely right. Yeah, it's, I, well, I just basically wanted to point out how important that is. And, uh, I didn't really realize it until the moment I had to pass an exam once again. And I had my partner who actually said that he believes in me and he thinks that I will pass from the first time. I had the full support from my partner and I was, um, basically very happy, because it helped me handle the stress from the exam itself much, much better. So I was just calmer before the test, because I felt this support. And um, I have been supported before, but people never actually said that they think I will pass, that they think I'll do that. People just told me, like, we believe in you, we think you can do this. They never said, like, The words that, yes, we think you'll do that now,
1: today. I'm going to interrupt and ask you a question because I I am curious. Is it that no one has said that to you, that you're going to pass your exam today, you're going to do well on this test before, or is it you didn't believe them, whereas you believed your husband in this situation, and that was the thing that kind of pushed it through, I'm wondering if the believing the person is more of the key here than the actual words of support.
0: It's a tricky question. I tried to think about it actually when I had this thought in my mind. and I do think that it's it's both. And going back to like school and university years, um, my parents always supported me, but what they also were trying to do,, uh, they were trying to be objective anytime. They would, anytime I'd ask them how I did something. And so that usually give me like a solid amount of criticism for what I do, which is great. That's what I asked for. But maybe I was lacking for just some basic phrases like, we believe in you. We think you'll do great. We think you'll pass. I felt the support from them, but it was different. They just, said it differently. And I think I wasn't really clear on what I wanted from them. I was pretty grown up by then. I could have been better at communicating, but I didn't. And maybe here, I became better at this. Yeah, so I think that's kind of what happened. I've realized through all these years and all these exams what I need. And it turned out to be super easy (laughs) and a little bit dumb,
1: but that helped. From 0 to 100, how anxious were you about your driving test?
0: Well, at the beginning, a lot. But then as I literally talked about it with my friends and my partner, and they convinced, basically convinced me that it's nothing to worry about. I still worried, but much less. Also, I prepared pretty well, and I could see it. So I was basically passing all mock tests. I was doing. And even for a very anxious person, these stats show something. Albert, I was like, yeah, okay, just look at this. Look at that. Look at the screen. You're passing. You will pass.
1: So anxiety was pretty low, is what you're saying?
0: Right before the test, it was, yeah, it was pretty low, yeah.
1: You know what the outcome was, but at the time, if you can go back and think about it, while you were kind of feeling this low level of anxiety... What were some of the worst case scenarios that you came up with?
0: That I'll have to take the exam again. And the problem is that it costs money. So I'll have to pay again. And it will postpone my actual driving test time. And I will have to pay more for the lessons for the driving as well. Um, Because it does cost a lot. And you start as an adult thinking, oh my god, could my budget handle this? (laughs) So the worst thing would be, yeah, me getting the test again, paying the money again, and maybe failing it again. Mm -hmm. And actually now, as I'm in the city where it's easier to drive around by car, and like not passing this test means that I will get the driving license even later. Which is also not that bad, because it's been 10 years that I can't get a driving license this year. (laughs) I started 10 years ago, I went to school in Russia and I did like 40 or even 50 hours of driving there on a manual, really old, horrible car with a horrible driving instructor who was yelling at me all the time and I literally cried after a few of our lessons. I still learned and I drove like in Moscow traffic, which is a horrible traffic. Anyway, I didn't do it back then, and I really want to do it now. It feels like, you know, like something that you really wanted for a really long time and you still can't get it. And the moment you're getting closer to get it, you start kind of questioning. Like, is this the time I really get it or not? And the moment you start to overthink that, you start to feel anxious and stressed and you fail, <laughs>
1: basically. Well, here's the thing, though. What happened? What was the actual outcome of writing that test?
0: I did pass the theory test, actually with pretty high scores.
1: I was pretty impressed by myself. So your expectations, while you were sort of expecting to pass, you still had a bit of anxiety about writing the test. You had created these negative situations where like, oh, man, if I don't pass, then I won't, you know, it's going to take longer. It's going to cost more money. It's going to be so stressful. Uh, It's going to push me further and further back from my goals. Then you passed. This sort of like negative world that maybe you created didn't come true, right? And even if it had come true, you would have been fine. A few more lessons. You would have been in the same, basically the same place, uh, just a little bit further back. So in the end, it wouldn't have mattered so much. So Camilla, now let's do that with your next driving test.
0: It's going to be much worse.
1: (laughs) And what are uh, some of these negative outcomes that you're worried about?
0: Not getting the license faster. Because Alice starts nursery in October. And I was hoping to drive her there. Even though nursery is pretty close to our home. But the weather might not be great. And I was thinking that it would be much easier to actually drive her there. Or me finding a job where I could easily drive but couldn't easily get by bus. So yeah, lots of different stuff. It's nothing really to worry about again. But the dumbest thing is that I know how to drive.
1: Well, here, so here's the thing, right? You've, you've come up with, again, these negative outcomes, right? I won't pass. I won't be able to drive my daughter to nursery. I won't be able to find a job. I won't be able to or won't be able to as easily go to a job. Um, the reality is you are living your life now without a car and you're still able to do basically all of those things correct yeah absolutely yeah uh so regardless sort of what what happens you'll be fine and as much as we think about the negative things which is like we're wired to right but the reality is we can't know the future so as likely as the bad stuff is to happen is the good stuff as likely as it is to fail and get a zero and you know end up uh having to spend another 6 months learning to to drive or to take a test or whatever it is the reality of passing for the first time having a great time during your test meeting an awesome instructor who's like super nice uh becoming best friends with them and being made of honor at their wedding that's just as likely
0: yeah true 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 yeah 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 yeah, yeah. always always try to focus on positive it It will just help you
1: live a happier life, basically.
0: It's not always easy
1: to do that. Oh, no, it's not an easy thing. The idea to change it is easy. You just stop doing that thing that you've been doing for 20, 30 plus years. Easy to say, hard to do, right? My way of handling anxiety inducing situations because I often get into a negative whirlpool of oh my god all the bad things are going to happen all the time forever ah panic 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 plan for the worst uh hope for the best uh anxiety anxiety my way of dealing with that is to slow down go stop wait you're spiraling first (laughs) recognize what I'm doing Uh, and second go if if it's possible for all these negative things to happen then it's also possible for all these positive things to happen. What are the positive things that could happen? And to give myself a little bit of balance.
0: It's really nice. Um, I also try to do that. Not easy. Not easy to change your mindset. And just in general, communicate your feelings and emotions with yourself. It's not an easy thing. Like processing, like what's happening with you right now. So whenever you feel super stressed or very bad what i lately try to do is i just stop and i try to process the emotions that i have now what's happening is this anxiety is this stress is this a panic attack what is it is it just lack of sleep also pms i do get that sometimes like hormone my hormones change and i do really feel differently but like knowing this about your body, about yourself, is really important, and it just helps you to understand yourself better, and people around you to understand you better. If you know what's happening to you, then you could communicate it clearly. If you don't know, or if you if you're afraid to feel vulnerable,
1: it's a it's an interesting thing that you've you've brought up that because that's also something I've been. Really introspectively looking at lately is my connection to my own emotions. I also am not like fully able to connect with my emotions throughout the years. I've sort of built up walls after walls after walls. I was a very like sensitive child and I was often made fun of for feeling emotions, for crying, things like that. So I was taught and reinforced throughout my life that you don't show emotion. You don't, especially as a man, or a male presenting person, don't share or show your emotions, which I've sort of recently, well, recently, I've known this for a while, but recently sort of come up again, I don't know how to like, let it out in anything but a burst. And I think this is true for a lot of men, we push it down, we compartmentalize, we Put, we shuffle things away. Whatever's happening to me emotionally, I need to forget about it. I need to do other things. Other things are more important right now. This isn't an important thing. Until it gets to the point where you can't push it down anymore and it erupts out. And that's why I think men have so many more of these outbursts. So many more big emotional reactions is because I don't know how to turn the tap to slowly let my emotions out. I haven't learned how to do that. I've learned to only explode emotionally. So that's, yeah, it's sort of like a self-discovery thing I'm on. <laughs> I'm sort of like trying to figure out what what the deal is with that and try to break down those walls, uh, especially as a person who lives in the world
0: yeah, well I I was like this actually. I still kinda am. I sometimes keep it to myself for a very, very long time and then it kinda of, like erupts like a volcano, all these emotions. And anytime my partner asks like what happened, I can't really explain it because first of all I haven't processed these emotions clearly to myself. And second of all, there is so many things <laughs> that have been um, heating up inside myself that I can't really say one particular thing. It's, it's a, it's a number of things. And, uh, now I kind of actually learned a tiny step to overcome this. Anytime I feel bad, I actually say it. I share it with someone. So I made this like a pact with myself. Like if I feel bad, I tell this to usually my partner. I even sometimes talk about this to my daughter now, even though she's two. I'm just kind of trying to show her how to process emotions. And I don't want her to have this problem that I faced, and I kind of already know that I have it, and I'm trying to overcome it. I would be happy if she could handle her emotions better than me. Because what else can you do with negative emotions? You can't hide them forever. And you can't have all these out, outbursts all the time. This is, this is just really um, tiring for yourself. No one wins in this situation. And I was always embarrassed of crying. I'm a very, I'm a very sensitive person. And I was always embarrassed. By that, I was always like, no one should see this. No, 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 I'm not crying. No, nothing happened. Although, what's bad about it? What's really so bad about it? Why are you so worried that people will see that? Yes, you're sensitive. Are you afraid to show this to the world? Maybe. But then,
1: like, why are you afraid to show this to the world?
0: What's gonna be so bad if you show it?
1: It's the hiding, it's the shame, right? It's the, ah, I I should feel ashamed of my emotions, for I am the only person to have ever cried during an insurance commercial. How (laughs) could I be? No, it's lots of people. It's hard to be like, that touched me in an emotional way that I had to express. That's a hard thing to say out into the world because there is a fear of judgment and going back to what we talked about with the driving tests and all this stuff right the level of anxiety but the reality is honestly people don't care and if it does it's something that makes them uncomfortable it's probably because they have their own shame at showing emotions so being able to express your emotions is a good thing that we should all do and we should all celebrate each other for doing it because we don't want these big explosions and because we don't want people to have to live in fear of themselves and how they feel. Anyway, the original topic uh, was (laughs) how nice it is to feel supported by people around you. And I feel like we talked about that for 30 seconds.
0: (laughs) No. Well, we
1: got into a bunch of other stuff.
0: We did discuss emotions a lot, which is very connected to that.
1: It's easier to do things with a support system. To have someone that you are able to rely on to help you get through something or a group of people help you get through something does make things easier. Not everyone is fortunate enough to have that. Not everyone who has that is maybe able to utilize that because of their own personal issues. I
0: mean, it's easy. Life gets easier when you admit that you have problems. You at least know what to deal with. You at least know like what steps to take. Cause you don't always know. Well, you figure out the problem. You don't always know what to do with it, but you have some ideas
1: and you try. They may fail and that's all right. You just keep going. You know what? At the end of the day, it's one foot in front of the other. And if there's any sort of moral to this podcast episode, um, if there's any sort of like big takeaway, I think it is you put one foot in front of the other foot and you do the best you can. And oftentimes the worst that we see, the things that we see in the distance that we imagine to be these monsters that we have to fight, they're not so big and scary when we get up close to them. And we do have people behind us who are also willing to fight these monsters with us.
0: And on that note, thank you very much for listening. Uh, We've been Almost Real, an almost real talk
1: between two friends. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We have been Camilla and Josh. And this has been our little podcast, Almost Real, uh, where we, you know, try to have an honest talk between two friends. And hopefully we, we achieve that today. So uh, the little sign off phrase I'm going to say is don't walk in the shadows of monsters. Instead, walk in the light with your friends.